0: This is Loree Daniel Favors, and welcome to The Hub. Doug, Doug in North Carolina. Thank you so much for calling. Doug, how would you like to add to this conversation today?
1: Well. Certainly. uh, Thank you for having me. And I I may be a relatively unusual caller for you because I'm a 65 year old white male
0: Mm.
1: who has been listening to your program. Honestly, just to understand from the black point of view, what people like myself who don't consider themselves racist, but are defined as racist because of our whiteness. I mean, how do we what do we do Mm. (laughs) exactly? I mean, um, I'm frustrated with some of the rhetoric and some of the dialogue and the narrative, because it seems to be almost encouraging more divisiveness, more us versus them. Mm. And I'm kind of representing, I think, a lot of white people's uh, concern about where we're at today. We don't like where we're at. I mean, I couldn't stand Donald Trump. But I really don't know what to say to my black friends anymore. And When I read things like critical race theory, where I'm defined as racist just by virtue of my skin, I'm just trying to understand, what do we do?
0: I think that's a great question, Doug. And I appreciate you posing it um, in the way that you did. And, And I would just suggest a couple of things. One, I would say, I don't think that anyone is defining white people as default racist. I think what is being said is that you are the beneficiaries of a system that was Erected to support ideas about race and racism. It's not the idea that all white people are racist, but it is the idea that all white people, regardless of their position on issues of race, Doug, are beneficiaries of that initial system. So you may have heard me mention earlier that uh, the early white Americans created a hierarchy, a caste system that afforded privileges and benefits based on where you showed up in that caste. If you were a black person during the creation of this system, you might have been enslaved, you might have been a free black person, but you were going to be subjected to certain social rules and expectations in society that corresponded with the lower positioning that you have in that caste system. If you were a white person, you could have been uh, a free white person, you could have been an indentured servant, uh, but you were going to be afforded a different set of privileges and authorities and powers because of your positioning in in that system. For example, white people could not be enslaved only black people could be enslaved because of that racial hierarchy. Now, it didn't matter if you were a, a white nationalist. It didn't matter if you firmly believed in that. It didn't matter if you were an abolitionist. If you were a white person because of the system, and, uh, and when I say system, sometimes we hear that word and we think, oh God, here they go talking about the system again. I'm just talking about the interplay of rules that were passed into law, the social norms, the expectations of the culture, of the people who were living under those laws. According to those rules, and those structures, white people could not be enslaved. The children of white women, didn't matter who the father was, the children of white women could not be enslaved. The children of black women could. That was by law. And it was by law because the law was changed to embrace that black women could, their children would be enslaved and white women would not because the social customs of that time uh, required that type of law to exist. There were laws that said black people could not own weapons because white people at that time were committed to this racial caste system. And if black people had weapons and could defend themselves, they would not be able to be forced into that lower rung of society. There were laws that were passed that said black people could not testify against white people in court which was important because at that time white people's social structure their culture said that we can do whatever it is we want to black people we can cheat them in contracts we can beat them if we declare that we feel threatened Uh, we can monitor how many of them gather anywhere in the community because we have set laws that limit how many of them gather we have set laws uh, that allow us to be able to cheat them what out of whatever money uh, that they may be rightfully earning from us and because we want the right to do that we're also going to forbid them from being able to testify against us in court so early white Americans created a set of rules and a cultural system a a culture set of expectations that said regardless about how you dug as an individual might feel about race racism uh, you regardless of how you might feel about this hierarchy you are going to be occupying a position that gives you benefits that only only get you to go to you because you're white. You're going to get a set of benefits from society that you will only get to access because you are not black. And so, a lot of times we'll hear our our uh, uh, white brothers and sisters who may say something along the lines of, "Well, I didn't create this system. I didn't own slaves. And I saw this TikTok video. This gets back to the video I mentioned a minute ago. This video earlier today where this young sister was saying." They were talking about the Christian religion and the idea that Christians believe that because of the sin of Adam and Eve eating that apple, they created some ripples in the world that we are all now still dealing with. So much so that our Christian brothers and sisters believe that because of that original sin that Adam and Eve committed, that the entire rest of humanity is now born into sin. Now, I didn't eat that apple, Doug. You didn't eat that apple, but because of the sins of the forefathers, now everybody in humanity according to the christian belief has to accept jesus as their lord and savior otherwise they're going to hell not because of anything they did but because they were born into sin because and sin only exists because of what adam and eve did so the idea here is that there are some benefits that inure to white people, not naturally. Those benefits inure to white people because white people created a system that was going to give them benefits. The same way, for example, a corporation can create uh, shares and the people who purchase the shares are the shareholders and they benefit, that corporation created a system. And that system allows people who are not actually employed by the corporation to be a part of the ownership structure. That's all it is. It was a system, a social system that was created, a set of laws and rules put in place because white people at the early portion of this country decided that they would prefer to steal land and commit genocide in order to steal land. They would prefer to kidnap millions of people and force them onto a months-long trip to a new country from which they could not escape to force them to work for free from the time they took their first breath on this earth until the time that they took their last. Now, I didn't do this. Doug, you did not do this. My people did not do this, but Doug, your people did. And so what we have to now think about is how do we fix that? Now, Doug, you did not own anybody enslaved, but you actually still get to benefit from that system. And because of that, we are in a world right now where, frankly, the descendants of the enslaved and the descendants of slave owners are dealing with what Thomas Jefferson outlined uh, hundreds of years ago when he said, I tremble when I remember that God is just and that his mercy We cannot side with this country forever. They knew then that what they were doing was wrong and they knew then that by committing to doing this wrong thing that they were setting this country up on a path where the sins of them the forefathers would have to be figured out by the descendants and so that Doug is how we get to this place it is a complex messy little world that we're in and frankly it is a world that we now all have to deal with much like in the Christian tradition we have to now all uh, uh, ask forgiveness for sins that we did not actually engage in because uh, we can understand in that context how the sins of the forefathers do get passed down to the children. So I hope that that made sense. It took me a little time to get there. I wanted to make sure I was sort of hitting as many points as I possibly could but I thank you for calling in, Doug, and for raising that question because the reality is we need our white brothers and sisters today to be far more brave than your ancestors were. We need white brothers and sisters today to love white people enough to recognize that it is a sickness to convince yourself that you are better than every everybody else simply to avoid doing hard work and having to figure out how to farm on your own land. I need white brothers and sisters today to recognize that there's something really wrong, pathological, if you will, with a group of people who will lie to themselves repeatedly, who will forbid themselves from learning the truth and teaching the truth. And I'm referencing this because Doug mentioned, you know, anytime he reads critical race theory, it's telling him he's a racist. I don't know of any, I actually went to law school. I, I actually studied under Derek Bell, who was one of the fathers of critical race theory. and that is not what critical race theory is Uh, critical race theory is now a label that many people are using to describe any teaching of, of the real American history and frankly Doug I know it makes people uncomfortable to have that conversation and i know that white people in particular there have been a number of parents who've been on tv uh who have been captured by the news saying things like i don't want to talk about this it's not racist because i want to avoid the issue it actually is and here's why one of the fundamental tenets of that caste system that your ancestors created when they were structuring uh this system of racism was the belief that white people should always be comfortable White people should always be comfortable. It was this idea that uh, no matter what a black person is doing, attending to the needs of white people at every single moment was going to be the key to our navigating that moment and ending out successfully or ending out alive. So this idea that white people should always have their needs met. Uh, and that was done in a number of ways. One, slavery. Yes, so slavery wasn't just working in the field. Slavery was also uh, putting your sh- uh, a black child, putting your shoes on your foot. A, a black person buttoning your shirt up and down. A black person moving off of the sidewalk as you approach so you would not have to even inhale the same breath that they exhaled. A black person being legislated and forced by law to not laugh loudly, to not act in ways uh, that were culturally discomforting or disquieting to white people. The codification of white people's right to comfort was a fundamental part of this hierarchical system that your ancestors created. And so I mentioned that because dealing with the truth of what y'all did and dealing with the truth of how what y'all did continues to reverberate i mean frankly if i were a white person i too would be very embarrassed and horrified at what my ancestors had done i've mentioned before when i was in third grade learning about the version of slavery i had to learn about in public school and being in a classroom with other with an integrated classroom and feeling the eyes of my white classmates turn to look at me when we got to that paragraph on slavery as if to silently say What's wrong with you little backwards black people that y'all would have been slaves? See, rational thinking people, myself included, Would have posed a different question, Doug. I should have in that third grade classroom been able to hold my head up high and look at my white classmates in the eye and ask them what the hell was wrong with your ancestors that you thought it was a good thing to steal land, commit genocide against millions of people who were literally trying to help you navigate climates and temperatures you could not figure out on your own and kidnap millions of other people to force them to work all so you could sit mint juleps on your porch. What's wrong with you? Like, why would y'all do that? I don't know. I'm not white and I don't have that burden. But what I do know is that we need to make the case for white people to sit with this discomfort. We need to make the case. We need to normalize white people being uncomfortable if we want to have equity. Because your comfort and your ability to never deal with these issues is literally predicated on my discomfort and my community's suffering and devastation. So the reality is, uh, Doug, and this has taken far longer than I wanted. We're actually at the end of the show now. Damn it. The <laughs> reality is, uh, Doug, they I would I think it would be helpful if you and your white brothers and sisters would spend more time being uncomfortable about the evil, horrible, terrible thing that your ancestors did, and then joining groups uh, like Surge, joining groups like anti-racist white groups so that you guys can figure out how to heal because that is a sickness. It is a sickness that renders you being completely incompatible with the rest of humanity and nature on this earth. No people should have to dominate the world with weaponry in order to get your way because you cannot figure a more harmonious way to do it.